The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning and giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. I greatly appreciate it and hope this can be a help. We're in 2 Corinthians this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're continuing in that. Uh, we went through up to really verse 7 and 8 yesterday, and I'm going to use verse 8 as we kind of pick up the context, a context that into a passage that had, can be considered somewhat confusing, somewhat even considered a little bit controversial. Uh, I don't think it is. I think it's just straightforward what Paul is trying to teach this church, and And I think it's a great help if we understand what it is that Paul is saying here. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, I'm sorry, verse number 8. The Bible says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body, to be present from the Lord. So we talked about this premise that Paul's great desire, the eternal perspective was that to be here to serve God, but ultimately to be in heaven is so much better than what we could imagine and something we should be hoping for and striving for. Then he goes in and talks about how we should live and what really is the first thing we should expect when getting there. He says, verse 9, wherefore, because of the truth, because we're going to be in heaven, wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. All right, so whether we're here, whether we're in heaven, we can be accepted of him. Now, I want to explain what I mean by accepted of him. We, we know the Bible teaches us that God loves and accepts everybody where they are. This is not a salvation thing. He is speaking to Christians here. So we understand as who we are. He accepts us as we are. He loves us as we are. And through what we call sanctification, he conforms us into the image of his son. So that's what God does in us, and he loves us in that area. But there are things the Bible tells us, if you love God, the greatest of these, if you love him, keep his commandments. So there are things we can do that God loves and things that God would desire we don't. There are times we can grieve the Holy Spirit, and there are things that are acceptable in the eyes of God, things that are not. Sin is not acceptable. While God loves us, he forgives us, and he accepts us, he doesn't accept, and he's not okay with what we do. In fact, sin disgusts him. And how you know, how do I know sin disgusts him? It was so bad he put his only son on the cross to pay for it. So we have to understand that aspect of of sin and, and, and the disgust that God has for it. So he says we can be accepted of him. Then he talks about what he means by that. Verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So let's start off. We must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And in the Greek, it talks about the bema seat. Now, the idea is goes back to um, Bible times when they would do um, Olympics. And so what happened is you would have somebody, judges, that would sit on these seats, the beaming seats, the judges' seats, and they would judge people, and you would do the different Olympics, similar to today, you have different judges, and the judges would establish the laws. And so if someone's running in a track and they have to stay in their lane and they step out, they've disqualified themselves, the judges call that out. And so we see that, and he's saying, have you disqualified yourself from this in this action? He said, so he's, and this, he goes, in that case, you're sitting on a judgment seat, but it's Jesus on the judgment seat. Now, please understand, in the end times, there's two, two judgments. There is what we're looking at here, the judgment seat of Christ, only for Christians. Then there's the great white throne judgment at a separate time, only for the unsaved at the end of the world. And so this is referencing just Christians. He goes, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive things done in his body. We're receiving rewards. Catch this, receiving the, the, the recompense, receiving what we have gotten, the 
good or bad, from the things we've done in our body in this time with what God's given us, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, when you look at the word bad there, it definitely refers to evil. But let me explain. He's not talking about we're going to receive rewards for our good and punishment for our sin. The Bible says that God, it was finished. God has taken care of our sins once for all. He said it is finished. Uh, you can't even be in the presence of God with sin. When we get saved, go to heaven, it's a positional salvation, positional righteousness. God has imputed the righteousness of his son on us. And so he's not referencing here that he's going to con condemn us. He says okay, he's going to give us rewards for our good and he's going to judge us for our evil or tell everybody. Some people even believe there's going to be a big screen in heaven and our life's going to be seen and none of that's going to happen. Here's what he's referencing. He says that we have been give, given gifts. We know this in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. We've been given opportunities to serve other people. We've been given the church. We've been given all these other tools that we can then use the gifts God has given us for his glory, for, for eternal, for kingdom work. Uh, we use it a lot of times for personal gain, for money, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the ultimate reason God gave it to us was for eternal purposes, as we're seeing in this passage. So the question is, have we used these gifts for eternal purposes or for personal gain? So for instance, if you say I'm going to serve in the church, but I'm only going to serve where people can see me, and that way everybody can see how great I am, I've done it to be praised. That's bad. That's what he's referencing. I've done it for bad. I, I only give money if people can see me. If I only give money to the church, if I can control where that money is going towards. This is all what he's referencing. I'm not just giving out of love. I'm not just serving out of love. I'm doing it to be seen. I'm doing it to be praised. I'll only go to church if the pastor recognizes me, things of that nature. Or, I'm, you know what, I got this gift, but I'm only going to use it for myself. God says, have you selfishly used your gift for me? He goes, you already have your reward if you're doing it the other way. So here's what he's saying. You've got your entire life. What have you done with it? When you get to heaven, the things you did that were wasted, the bad things, he goes, that's going to go into the fire and it's going to be burned as wood hand stubble. It's going to just disappear. You thought you did great, but you really did it for yourself. You didn't do it for him. You did it for yourself. That's all going to be wasted. He said, the things you did for God, the good things you did for God will go in there and they'll be burned. They'll come out as gold, silver, and precious metals. Then you receive crowns. You can do a lot of work and receive nothing in heaven because you did it for the wrong reason. You used it for yourself, for selfish gain. So the question is, are we serving and are we serving for right? That's why he goes back. He goes, um, we labor, whether present or absent, we can labor. Um, how do you put it? Uh, verse 9, we rather that we can be accepted of him. This is what he's talking about. That our actions are, they don't disqualify us. They're good. They're pleasing. They're what God wanted. They're to be done in honor to him. Verse 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. For we are made manifest as God, I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. He says this, the terror of the Lord. Now, while, while we will say that God is not condemning us or bringing up our sin in heaven, because it's already been dealt with, it dealt with that salvation, Right? While that's not going to be the case, and I've even heard people say, well, your unconfessed sins would be dealt with in heaven. Well, you've really got to stretch Scripture to make that work. There's not a whole lot that brings that up. The Bible tells, tells us we'll give a narrative of our life. Yes, we'll give a narrative and explain. We were given these gifts. We were given these chances. What did we do with them? I, I've even heard people say that this judgment seat's in space between heaven and, and earth, and that's why uh, this is going to be the throne room of heaven. And so simply what we're looking at is the terror of the Lord is simply, can you imagine 
Okay, first of all, this is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is not a Sunday school classroom. This is not a chance where, well, you know, it's not like sports. I could get an award. I get a participation award. No big deal. You're going to stand before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great I am, and he's going to ask you, what did you do with the gifts I gave you? What did you do with the time I gave you on earth? What did you do with the people that I brought your way to give a chance to minister to, to witness to? What did you do to expand my kingdom? Don't tell me that won't be frightening Paul, who gave his life to this called the Satera of the Lord. This is not him pointing out our sin. He's already dealt with that. This is him pointing out the reality of what we did not do. The Bible actually tells us to him that knoweth to do good and doesn't do it. To that person, it is sin. So we have an opportunity. Now, again, we are to look at this as an opportunity because we want to hear, well done, no good and faithful servant. We want to honor God with our life. So Paul says... I want to be able to hear. God, we're still going to get to heaven. Even if we don't do these things, we'll still get to heaven. Heaven's not based on our actions, but our rewards are in heaven. And no one wants to end up empty-handed when we get to heaven. And so he's saying we want to be accepted of him. We want to get there and say we've done it right. We have followed the rules, and God honors us. We didn't waste our time here. We didn't spend our time on the things of the world. We didn't put all of our action into the world and ignore God, ignore his church, and ignore the kingdom. We didn't do that. We put our attention towards him. That's what we focused our life on. The time we had was invested. Yeah, we had to take care of ourselves, earn money, take care of our families, but we also took time to invest into eternity. That's what he's referencing here. When we stand before God and we give an answer, we're going to be able to say, we went to church, we gave to church, we, we invested in outreach, we invested in the lives of other people. We can say, this is what I did with our gift. We taught this class. We we're part of that small group. We did these things. And this is what God's going to, he, he's, he knows this, but we're going to have to explain what we do with what we have. And, and, and it's going to be a little bit frightening. So what do we do? We say, this is time I have left. Until God takes me home, I'm going to take a portion of my time and I'm going to make God the highest priority of my life. That's what we should be doing anyway. And may, may that be our challenge to just take every minute we have available, honor God, worship God, and take our talents and to serve him with it. Thanks again for joining us this morning on this Thursday morning. I'm sorry, Tuesday morning. My week's already off on this Tuesday morning. Give me a chance to be part of your day. This is a bit of a challenge to us. Don't take it. Don't be frightened by this, but be challenged by this because it's, a, it's an important thing. It's going to happen. But what a wonderful opportunity for those who have taken what gifts they have and given them to God. What a wonderful day. We look forward to it. So may we continue just to give what we have back to God. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.